Well, greetings, all of our family and friends. We want to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. It is an honor to be with you. This is your host for today, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm glad you're here. We're going to believe that God is uh, going to speak to us in a mighty, mighty way. We're going to hear from him, and God is going to move in a tremendous fashion. So I'm going to give you just a minute to join in as you're joining in. Um, I'm going to ask you to greet us. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, God bless you, Medi, Pastor Medi. Good to see you. Welcome to the to the podcast. Those coming in from different places, the Lord bless you. We're glad you're on. We're believing God to move in a mighty way for your new year. We've got just a few weeks left in this uh, in this first month of the year, and there is much that God is going to do in a great great way. God bless you, Brother Joseph from Love's Church. The Lord bless you. Welcome to the podcast. Wherever you're joining from, I'm going to ask you just to uh, let us know. The Lord bless you. Shamila, welcome to the to the podcast uh, from Stockton. Pastor Medi from Stockton. Uh, Sister Melissa, the Lord bless you. Isabel Martinez, the Lord bless you. I'm going to ask you as you're coming in uh, uh, just to prepare your hearts. We're going to speak today on the word of the Lord concerning freedom that comes from altars. And we believe our generation is hungry for freedom hungry for change and hungry for deliverance and Jesus is the only answer who the son makes free and sets free shall be free indeed and I want to encourage you that there is truth that God wants to reveal through the son that will produce freedom from bondage freedom from attacks freedom from war and that's our covenant bless you uh, Wendy all the way from South Africa Pretoria the Lord bless you. Anna Rosa, thank you that you're joining with us. So I'm going to give you just a minute. If you're coming in, uh, let us know where you're joining from. And uh, I'm going to ask you to do that work of the evangelist. What does the evangelist do? He shares the good news of Jesus. I'm going to grab my phone. I'm going to ask you to do the same. I'm going to ask you to go to the Facebook or the YouTube link, wherever you're watching, and to hit share. And I know I don't want it to kick you out. And if it does, uh, I know that's hard to just hit that share button. And help us uh, ask that the grace of God would impact our generation because, again, the Bible says you will know truth and truth will make free. And we believe that this podcast is a podcast that is about revealing truth. The gospel of the kingdom must be preached. And it's an important uh, it's an important aspect of our faith as we're sharing to share the truth of God's word in every place, on our jobs, uh, in our workplace uh, in our, in our families. And one way we can do this using the medium of social media is through the venue of, of uh, social media, hitting that share button. And as you share, we're believing God is going to add increase to every word that goes forth and that people will be healed, that bodies will be made well, and that God will get glory through the podcast today. So thank you for sharing those that have shared the Lord bless you. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Almas, thank you for being with us. Uh, Mel, welcome, welcome, blessings to you. Again, wherever you're joining from, thank you for those that were able to share. Uh, I'm going to give you just a minute to do that. Even if it if it pushes you out while you're watching, uh, come right back in, and we're going to get right to the word in just a moment. But we are in this new year, and there is something significant about this season and this time. The Lord spoke to me specifically that this would be a year of multiplication and harvesting. And so for the righteous, for the, the, the men and women of God that have sown in tears, you're going to reap in joy. For those who have 
sown in the spirit, you're going to reap a spiritual but also natural blessing back into your account. What you've sown, God saw it mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually blessings. Brother Ruben, Sister Tracy, so good to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Lydia, welcome, welcome. I'm asking you again, if you can, grab your device quickly while we're getting ready to start and hit that share button. And help us share the good news of Jesus. It's important we do that. But also there's a shaking coming to wickedness, to demonic powers, and to the kingdoms of this age. The scripture says that there would be a storm that arises. And there's two types of people that will be in that storm. The wise man and the foolish man. And the wise man builds on the sayings of Jesus. And the wise man is likened unto a man that is wise that built upon a rock. The foolish man built quickly, but built and built expediently, but didn't take time to lay foundation and build his life, his family, his business on the sayings of Jesus. And that man is likened to a foolish man that built upon the sand. And when the storms came and, and the floods came and the shaking came to the earth, the Bible says that the man whose house was built on sand, the ruin of it was great because it collapsed within itself and destruction came to the house and everyone in it. Uh, an enfolding of something that should save you became your destruction. Something that should shelter you and protect you from the elements became, uh, became their demise. But there was another kind of man who built and woman of God who built on the words of God, who took time to dig deep into the ground, one translation says. And the Bible says, because they dug deep into the ground, the scripture tells us when the storms came and the wind blew and all these obstacles came, their house stood because it was founded upon the rock. So I'm going to encourage you. Uh, God wants you to build on the rock the sayings of Jesus, and that's very vital that we do this for this season. We're going to see uh, shaking come, but don't worry, you're built upon the rock. And as other things are being removed, you're going to see promotion by consistency. Bless you, Brother Reuben. Uh, Nadine, Sister Nadine, the Lord bless you, Petorius, and your family. Sister Bianca, welcome, welcome. Uh, again, we're, we're grateful that you're with us. We're going to ask that God would minister to all of you watching if you're sharing, thank you for doing that. We pray the, the grace. Uh, Chandra, thank you for being with us. Let's get straight to the word of the Lord. Thank you for all that have shared already. And even watching the replay, if you can do that, that would help us in our pursuit of increasing the grace of the Lord over every hearer today. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask you to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits, that which is good and right. I ask you for wisdom. I ask you for revelation. I ask you for the knowledge and counsel of the Lord to be clear in our hearts, in our minds. And I pray that you would open up eyes to see, hearts to discern the word of the Lord. Speak to us, Lord, reveal truth, reveal mysteries, open up greater dimensions of your power, your purpose, and your glory. And I thank you that you would get glory and honor through this podcast. I pray for miracles and signs and wonders to accompany the teaching and preaching of your word, that as your word goes forth now, let it come with power, let it come with accuracy, let it come with authority, but let signs and wonders accompany this teaching, even through the airwaves. Miracles are possible. We ask this now according to your word in Jesus name. Somebody say amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. Sister Lo Sister Lori, welcome to the podcast. Sister Yolanda, Sister uh, Nicole, thank you for being with us. We're getting straight to the word 
Again, it is Raising the Altar Week. Once a week, uh, the mandate came to, uh, to myself about two years ago that we were to go to city to city, nation to nation, raising the altar once a month, once a month somewhere we were to raise an altar. Now an altar again is a place of encounter, a place, uh, a place of meeting between God and man. It is actually an invitation for deity to touch humanity. It's a, an invitation for the supernatural world to touch the natural. It's a gateway. It's a door. The Bible says that Jacob was sleeping uh, in Genesis 28, and he looked and saw a ladder. We can go there. Of course, our key verse is Romans 8.21, but we're going to go to Genesis 28 uh, just for a brief moment. And verse number 12, and the Bible says that Jacob dreamed, 28 verse 12, and dreamed, and a ladder was set on the earth, and the top of it reached heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascended and descended. So here is a picture. Uh, Jacob is sleeping, and the Bible says his head is on a rock. So your head must touch the rock of ages, the eternal, your, your head. And the Bible says when you sleep, you become unconscious, and now your, 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 your mind is flooding. So uh, uh, let me encourage you. We've got to decrease. We've got to let our mind come low so his can come high. We don't have the answers. Jesus does. And Jacob is sleeping. Uh, and one word for a deep sleep is a type of death to be absent from the body. And so uh, Jacob is sleeping and dead to this world, in essence, for a brief moment or just sleeping. And he's in a spiritual realm and he sees a ladder. Now, what is a ladder? It is a gateway. It is a an instrument, a ladder or stairs were made so that. Uh, individuals, people can go up or something can come down. It is an access point so that there is a gateway between dimensions. So a second floor, a high place can come down and a low place can come high. That's what a staircase is. It's how you go from the second floor, the third floor to the first floor. You take a ladder. It is a ramp. It is a an elevation that gives you access to high places, but it's also an access point for what's in heaven to come to the earth. Now, Jacob saw this, and this ladder is a type of an altar. It is a type of an access point, and on the top of the ladder, according to verse number, number 12, the scripture says that God is on the top of the ladder. Look at uh, verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above the ladder and said, I'm the God, uh, uh, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and Jake, and the God of Isaac, and the land wherefore you lies, I'm going to give to you. So now uh, the Bible says that Jacob has this dream, and the God of his grandfather and the God of his father manifest. And he begins to tell him, well, he's on the top of the ladder, that where he's laying, it's going to be given to him. You see, when you begin to have access to that spiritual dimension through an altar, through an access point, God wants us to allow the angels, I'm going to say angels, the job of angels, number one, is to ascend. Bless you, Sister Rose Bonet. Angels start going up, bless you, Brother Gilbert, and then they come down. I would say, well, shouldn't angels come down and then ascend, go back to verse 12? Angels are descending and ascending, in my opinion. They should come down and then go up, but God left authority in the earth. I'm going to say this, all mankind, male and female, were made for dominion. 
Genesis 1.26, God said, let man have dominion. They were made in my image, in my likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air. So dominion or authority belongs to mankind, but power belongs to God. So after Genesis 1.26, scripturally, God no longer does anything on the earth without a human being. So God needs a partner. He needs hands. He needs feet. He does nothing in the earth except he reveal it through a human being, a prophet, a seer, an apostle, a friend of God. He needs an Esther to go to, to march herself into the king's palace and bring the will of God to pass. He needs a Joseph to stand up and say, I'm going to walk around these walls and the power to knock down the walls comes from God, but the authority to release it comes from man. I need a Moses, one man against the whole country. The Bible says this 80-year-old man goes into the court of the Pharaoh, into the greatest superpower on the face of the planet with military, with land, with soldiers, with war, with boats, with navy, the greatest superpower, and puts his finger in the face of this tyrant, this slave master, and says, you're going to let my people go or else. Now, I would say in my mind, well, the Pharaoh got an army. Uh, the Pharaoh has uh, maybe a navy. The, fa the Pharaoh has soldiers. The Pharaoh has money. The Pharaoh has uh, the, the, the control over an earthly kingdom. But there is another realm that's higher than this kingdom, and that is the kingdom that you and I serve. And when the man partners with God, when the woman partners with God and yields their will, the power of God can come through the authority of man. Here is, I, I believe, it's a, it's a saying of one of God's generals. Without God or without man, uh, God will not, and without God, man cannot. I'm going to say that again. Without God, man cannot, but without man, God will not. One more time, I want you to, to, to let this sink in your mind. I'm quoting this from one of God's generals. Without God, man cannot. Without God, you and I can't. But without man, God will not. He will not violate his word. He's given dominion to men. I'm going to ask you to hold it there. We're going there in a moment, and we're going to talk about how to step into new levels of authority uh, today because I believe you were made to be heads and not tails. Some of you know it to be true. Some of you uh, have heard it, but some of you realize that that's your destiny. Uh, that is your calling. We're going to go to Psalms 1, uh, verse number 115, 115, and then verse 16 will be our verse. 100, so the earth is God's. We know that to be true. But God has allotted dominion to man. Let me read this to you. All right. It's all God's. God has all power, but he's given humanity authority. Legal dominion belongs to man. Let's read Psalms 1, uh, 15, verse 16. Let's read this. Blessing, Sister Bianca. Uh, the Bible says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth, he's given to the sons and daughters, the children of men. I'm going to read this again. All authority and in heaven and earth are Jesus's, but Jesus had to put on a body and die in the earth to take back the authority. Now he's trying to give these keys to the church. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to the children of men. So legal authority 
produces legal responsibility. If you own your house, you are responsible for that house. Bless you, uh, Pastor Jaime, so good to see you. If you are the owner of a thing, you are legally responsible of a thing. So with authority comes responsibility. Go back to, if you would, uh, uh, Genesis 28 verse 12. So there was a ladder, the scripture says, and this ladder reached the heavens according to your Bible. This ladder reached the heavens and the angels of God went up the ladder and then came back down the ladder. And this is important. See, here is what we've got on this. God wants to come. You say, well, I don't know about that. I said, God wants to come to the earth. And if you don't believe that, here is the scripture. You and I know our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'm in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read that to you. Let, let, let's put it. I know we can quote that. I know you quote it, but it's different seeing it. Matthew chapter 6 uh, and verse number 9, the scripture says. Being, uh, verse 9 says, after this manner, pray our Father who art in heaven. Now, the Father is in heaven. We know God and, and the Father operate at, as a same power, same force. But here's what it says. The Father, God the Father is in heaven, the creator. And heaven is in perfect order. There is no death in heaven. There is no poverty in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no murder in heaven. There is no rape in heaven. There is no prostitution in heaven. There is no theft in heaven. There is no disease in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no death in heaven. Nothing in heaven is allowed that is nothing in heaven or there is nothing allowed in heaven that is not like the nature of God. It is perfectly ordered because it's under God's authority. It's under God's power and under God's authority. So now heaven looks just like Jesus. It looks just like God, our father who art in heaven, but we don't need him to stay there though we do. We need him to come to the earth. So he said, I need to raise a people who will prepare the way of the Lord. And that's what an altar is. That's what sacrifice is. That's what fasting is. That's what praying is. That's what giving and sowing and serving. You're, you're, you're laying a living sacrifice, which means altar. Romans 12 says, present your body a living altar sacrifice. You prepare a way for him to come from here, from there to here. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name or worshiped or distinguished. We're in verse 9. The Bible says, hallowed be thy name, worship, separate, different. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, worship. You begin petition and you begin kingdom business with worship. To acknowledge, hagiadzo, holy is your name. Reverence is your name. Separate is your name. That name is higher than Buddha's name. That name is higher uh, than Allah's name. That name is higher uh, than witchcraft and devils and demons and spiritual wicked. That name is above every name. There's power. Demons hear that name and tremble. It's separate. And we've got to see it that way. It's not common. It's not ordinary. The authority and the, the power, the word name there is the Greek word anoma, which means nature. It means character and it means ability, power, authority, the nature, the character, and the authority. We must put on the nature, the character, and then the authority. We must walk in God kind of authority. The scripture says, you, you hear, uh, we don't hear it too often, but there's a phrase, stop in the name of the law, in the, in the authority of the law, but also the, the, the character and the laws of that nation. 
Hallowed be thy name. Look at verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. I need you to realize this. Bless you and, and core. So good to see you. That God wants the earth like heaven. And it is your and my job. The word pray is the word petition. To petition the court. Again, prayer is not just religious activity. According to the late great Dr. Miles Monroe, it is a, it is a legal transaction. Prayer is not a religious activity, though there is worship and spirituality involved. You're not doing, uh, the word prayer is the word petition. And you petition a court for an injunction against devils and demons. You see, the Bible says we have a judge and we have an advocate. We have the righteous judge. We have an These are legal terms. The Bible says we also have an accuser of the brethren. The Bible says there's a court in heaven and there's a legal, there's legal things happening there. And the Bible is not just a legal, a spiritual book, though it is spiritual or religious, though we have piety to learn how to worship. It is a legal document. It is a constitution, according to Dr. Miles, which is correct. It is a, see, things are happening in people's lives that shouldn't be happening illegally. If you're a Christian, you should not be sick. If you're a Christian, you should not be bound. If you're a Christian, I should, I should not have loss in my family. And why is he coming? He's coming illegally. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a robber. I'm the father of lies. He comes to steal. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. I said the devil comes to take what is not his. Then he comes to take the life out of what he stole. Then he comes to destroy in the second death what is not his. He is a thief, he is a liar, and he is a robber. And everything he steals, he steals through lies. He is the father of lies and every theft starts with a deception. Because this is why truth makes a man free because the root of theft death and destruction is deception it's lies truth produces freedom are you hearing me and one of our jobs is to learn the truth and to and to with truth make a way for God to come from there to here and the way he'll do it Genesis 8 28 verse 12 is through a ladder he'll come from there to here and when he comes his will is done thy kingdom come then what? The will is done. The kingdom of God produces the will of God. I'll say it again. The kingdom of God coming produces the will of God coming. What does that mean? If you have a king, you put the king in a kingdom. Are you listening to me? If you have a king and you put the king uh, in a kingdom, his words have power. What he speaks comes to pass. Now, this is beautiful for us because we carry the king. You're not carrying a, uh, just a prince anymore. Now he's king. He was prince when he was in the kingdom of his father. You see, what's the difference between a prince and a king? A prince is a future king. A prince is a king in training. A prince who's not come is, is a king who's not come yet to his own territory. So Jesus and you and I, when we're in heaven, we are princes. People say, I want to go back to heaven. You don't want to go back to heaven because there's not more than one king allowed in a kingdom. This is why God sent you here. So you're praying to leave because you think it's going to be, you think heaven is where you ain't got no more problems, no more bills. I just want to go there. You know, yes, that is correct. But I want to tell you when you're there, you're a prince. When you're here, you're a king because you carry the king. You see, in order for there to be a king, 
a, a prince to become a king, he's got to go to his own territory or his king has to die. See, there cannot be two kings in one kingdom. That's illegal. So in order for a king to, to pass his kingdom, he will either die or send his prince son to another territory. Now, here's the problem. Our king doesn't die. God doesn't die. The Bible says now Jesus is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high in the throne of the father. That's according to Romans. That's according to Revelation 3 verse 20 and 21. He said, I overcame and I'm now seated in the throne of my father. And I'm going to give you access to that same throne. But in order for you to operate in that authority, you've got to stay in the earth. This is why John 17 tells us, again, this is why according to your Bible, the scripture tells us that Jesus prayed that we would stay in the earth. John 17 says, Jesus prayed that we would stay in the earth. John 17 verse 12, they can put that up there. Uh, he prayed that we wouldn't leave. Why? You See, we're praying to leave. John 17, let's read that. While I was with them in the world, I kept them through thy name. And those you gave me have kept, and none of them is lost, save the son of perdition. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus can keep. How many know Jesus is a keeper? Repeat that. I'm going to say this again. Say, Jesus is a keeper. Jesus is praying now. He says, I kept him. Verse 12 says, and now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have, that your joy may, that their joy may be fulfilled in themselves. Keep reading. The Bible says, uh, verse 14, I have given them the word and the world hates them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. See, the world hates the light because the light is reproving the darkness and the world is in darkness. It is temporal, but the light is going to shine. And that's why the devil's fighting you. Keep reading. Verse 15, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them in the world from the evil. See, he's praying that we stay. You're praying to leave because you don't like paying bills. He's praying that you stay because the earth needs a witness. And when the, the earth, uh, uh, when the, the church leaves, there is no more light or salt in the earth. Then judgment comes upon the world. So Jesus is praying, keep him in the world. We're praying, God, I don't want to pay bills anymore. I'm tired of being beat up in my family. Bless you, blessing sister Eunice. I'm tired of being beat up in my marriage. I'm tired of being beat up in my health. I don't feel like a king. I feel like a slave. And so let me just dream of a place where I can not have any bills. And that's what religion does. See, the difference between the kingdom of God. Now, I don't mean to tell you we're not going, but we don't stay gone. You keep reading. We come back. See, God doesn't come for the church until the church is in glory and power. That's found in, in the book of Ephesians. He's not coming back for a, bro a broke church, a divided church, a powerless church. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. I said a church that's walking in glory. Matthew 16 says that this church, the same kind of church that is raised up will get keys over the kingdom and anything they pray in the earth will happen from heaven. You want to know what that sounds like? That sounds like a king in his kingdom. He said that church is going to cause the gates of hell to not prevail. Are you listening to me? Blessing sister Margaret. God wants you to realize that there's something on your life that's greater than what things look like now. 
And because the kingdom is not here yet, we feel like we're men most miserable because you're too saved to live in the world, but too but too saved to live in the world. But sometimes we don't feel saved enough to get into the kingdom. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes we know, we know we're too saved to be doing what we were doing before. But we don't feel saved enough to get fully into our inheritance. And we're stuck in between two worlds. And we say, God, just take us out of here. And we are leaving. Let me make this clear. I believe in what we call a rapture, though that word is not in the Bible. It is, it is called transcendence. When the earthly puts on the, the supernatural. The Bible says the mortal will put on the immortal. The tangible will put on the heavenly. And in a twinkling of an eye, we will be changed and transformed. It's not just a, it it is the highest level of walking with God will produce when you, you will become. And there will be a generation that are like Enoch. You know where rapture is in the Bible? It's in the story of Enoch book of Genesis, there was a man named Enoch and Enoch walked with God. It's also in the book of Hebrew. He walked with God and he was so in tune with God that he became more spirit than he was flesh. He became like Adam before the fall. And now God snatched him and took him. The Bible says he brought him with himself. He walked with God. He had the mind of God. He said, there will be a generation that walk with God. But when we go, we don't stay gone. You keep reading. We come back and we rule and reign in the earth. And then what's next? Well, why did God make all the other planets? Why did he make Pluto? Why did he make Mars? Why did he make Saturn? Why did he make all these other planets in the earth? Well, apostle, they're uninhabitable. You, they're uninhabitable. You can't, you can't live on these planets. You ever seen Saturn? Pictures of Saturn? You ever seen pictures of Pluto? You ever seen, there's no air there. There's no water there. Yeah, and I remember praying, and God told me Genesis 1-1 in the earth, when God made the earth, it was without form and void and dark. It was chaotic. There was chaos. Then God's word got to the planet. You read Genesis 1 and brought air and it brought trees and it brought plants and it brought water. See, God's word brings life to planets. Uh, you see, we, we want a church. We want a building. We need to get our minds renewed. God wants to give you nations. He wants to give you cities. He wants to give you planets to inhabit. This is not Mormonism or whatever you want to call Calvinism. This is the kingdom of God. And God said, of my kingdom, there will be no end. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And when God raises up sons and daughters, he said, if you've been faithful over little, I will make you a ruler over much. If you suffer with me, then you will rule with me. I said, if you suffer, people don't want to suffer with God. People go with suffering and turn in their membership card. I'm not just talking about church. They turn in their kingdom assignment. They they go through suffering and forget about God. But help me, God, that when I go through the thing, I'm going to find you. Because the Bible says you're near to those that have a broken heart. And you're close to those that have a contract spirit. When we go through trial, you're there closer than you've ever been. You're, You're in the middle of that. Let that trial lead me to my knees. So that if I go through with you, I'll reign with you. That if I if I decrease decrease with you, I'll increase with you. If I lose my life, I'll find my life. Bless you, Monique. Bless you, Pastor Hadam. So good to see you, Pastor Ma- Pastor Matt. So good to see. God wants you to realize you've been made for rulership. And why is God making plans? See, this is one galaxy. I, I don't I don't have time to get into. This is one galaxy of galaxies of millions of galaxies and millions of galaxies. Why are all those galaxies? I don't have no idea. You don't need to know everything, but you know God doesn't waste anything. 
God is making planets with his word. See, God has so much authority and God has so much power, but he needs his sons and daughters to help him rule. Rulership. And this is what you were made for. Bless you, Brother Livingston. So good to see you, Sister Megan. So good to see you. God made you to rule. Bless you, Pastor Michelle. I said, God made you to rule. But in order to rule, you got to serve. I don't like serving. Well, you'll never rule then. You got to serve somewhere. You got to find a place that represents the kingdom of God. And it's not just a church, though it is a church. You got to find a place that represents the kingdom of God and tie yourself to that place. Find a man or woman of God who speaks the kingdom and tie yourself to that place. And like a, like a soldier, go through this training, but you are training for reigning. I don't know what, help us, God. God wants you to rule. He said, I'm going to give you cities. I'm going to give you five cities, ten cities. I didn't say, I didn't say departments in church. I didn't say businesses and, I didn't say a big 5,000 member seat building. Some, some people, that's all they want from God is a big church. No power. No, 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 that ain't enough. You said, I can ask for, you, for the nations and you would give it to me. Well, why would I ask for a nation? Because you want to rule in that nation and I'm a king in the kingdom and I've got God inside of me and hell is advancing and demons are advancing and perversion is advancing and darkness is advancing. But the kingdom I've served is greater, it is stronger, but I've got to renew my mind to think like a king. Repent for the kingdom is within your reach. And when you step into the kingdom, demons have to flee. When you step into the kingdom, provision is provided. You can feed thousands with one meal. Oh, you can open up oceans with one word. You can walk around walls and they fall down. You can speak a word and a king is risen and a king is drawn. A president comes and a president goes. God raises kings and removes them. He changes the seasons and the times by the word of God, but he needs people to think like he thinks. And in the spirit to be men and women of authority. But in, the, but in the natural, humble one toward another. Teachable. Reverence. Verse number C said, while I was with them, God said, I kept them in the world. So God wants you to remain in the world and to keep them through the power. Go back to John, we're John 17, uh, verse 13. And now I come, now I come to thee. And the things that I speak in, in the world, that they may have, uh, their joy may be filled. Keep going, verse 14. I've given them thy word, and the world hates them because of the word. Because the word is the substance that made the world. Listen, everything you see came out of words. God spoke them into existence. And everything you see is ruled by words. Hebrews 11.3 says, through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So when you put God's word in your mouth, you can frame worlds. He's trying to teach you and how to live like a king, to walk in authority, to walk in dominion, to walk in power. All this church stuff, we think this is all going to change, sir. All this just preaching on the weekends, it's all going to change. Uh, there is a glory going to come that will turn the earth right side up. Upside down is right side up. This corruption, this wickedness, this perversion, these devils, these demons, these murders, these rapes, these this child prostitution and sex trafficking, this perversion in marriage, this attack. You don't got to hate people, but there is a demon and a spirit who is after your generation and he cannot have it if you got Jesus in you and you're willing to fight for this thing. 
verse number 15 he said I pray that you would keep them in the world I pray I pray not that you should take them from the world but that you should keep them from the evil they are not of the world even as I'm not of the world sanctify them through that truth he said I don't pray you take them out of the world but I pray you keep them here we're praying to go He's saying stay because when the salt leaves and the light leaves, the earth comes into judgment. And so God will judge the earth. God will judge this stuff. But before he judges people, he's judging the spirit. And there is a time that God has put upon us to operate. Go back to Genesis 28 verse 12. There is a ladder, an altar. There is a gateway between dimensions. Bless you, Pastor Jessica. There is a gateway between dimensions that God wants to open. It is called a door. The word door is the Greek word thura, where you get the word portal. And a portal is a gateway between dimensions. He said here, uh, I dreamed and dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder whose feet were in the earth. That's why you're here. You're the hands and the feet. And this ladder stretches toward heaven. The top of this thing, the head of this thing, the, 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 the head of this thing reaches toward heaven. I want to tell you, you're in the earth, but your spirit is in the heavens. I said, you're in the earth. The word Rosh is the word top, chief, beginning, before. The top of it is before. See, your body is here, but your spirit, if you're a believer, is risen in Christ at the right hand of the majesty on high, far above principalities and powers, and every name that is named. Your body is here, the feet of the ladder. My body, but my spirit is with Christ, far above principalities and powers, and every name that is named, demons and devils and witches and warlocks are under God, in, are under God that is in me. When we understand that the Bible says that ladder reaches heaven and the angels, which are the messengers, they are the warrior spirits. They travel faster than the speed of light, speak a dialect. These angels go up the ladder, which we are, and down the ladder. Remember, the DNA strand looks like a ladder. And when you purify your bloodstream, you purify. And see, I'm not trying to be holy so I can get to heaven. I'm trying to be holy so God will let me open up scrolls. I'm, I'm, I'm working to purify my mind and my body and my emotions and my thoughts and my intentions. I'm fighting. Wow, you, you don't need to do all that. You can just get in higher. You want to get it. You just can make it. No, we're not just trying to make it to heaven. We're trying to qualify to bring heaven to the earth. I'm not just trying to make it to heaven. I'm trying to open the, the gates of heaven and bring heaven to earth. I'm trying to qualify for the keys of the kingdom that whatever I pray on earth happens in heaven. You want to know how much, how much responsibility that kind of man has to have? That woman has to be, to be trusted with that kind of authority. That man has to be dead. That woman has to die to themselves. They've got to get their mind in order, their body in order, their habits in order. Well, that's religious. I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm talking about bringing heaven to the earth. I'm talking about an authority that God says, I can trust that generation and whatever they say there, I'll do from here. Whatever they bind there, I'm going to bind it here. Whatever they open there, I, because I can trust that man. This is why we're pursuing the kingdom of God. He said, I'm going to give land to this seed. Behold, I'm the God of your generations and I want you to walk in power. The scripture tells us Every man, every, every, I said every man 
that is perfectly minded pursues. Every man that is perfectly minded pursues. We're pursuing something. We're, we're after. Why, why, why strive? Well, I never strive. I'm just, you are. You are. But why purify your mind? Be not conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why renew your mind? Why get your body in order? Why get your habits right? Why be disciplined? Why be in order? Why be faithful over money and faithful over your attitudes? You know, if you got sloppy agape and all this greasy grace, see, there's no such thing as greasy grace. It's called grace and truth. We are in a grace generation, but the grace generation is more than the law generation. There's something called, according to the scriptures, the perfect law of liberty. It's found in the book of James. The perfect law of liberty, scripture tells us, go to James chapter 1. Verse 25, this law of liberty is more than the law of Moses. We think it's less. I said, we think it's less. But whoever looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues not therein, but is a forgetful hearer, and, 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 but a doer of the word, this man shall be, I'm going to say this again. Whoever looks at the perfect law of liberty and remains in, he being a, hearer of the word but not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word this man shall be blessed what you heard did you do what did you do with what you heard I heard the preaching it was wonderful apostle it, it was beautiful but what did you do with what you heard did you do something well you know the bible says you know we're not saved by works so I ain't got to do nothing that's a deception the works don't save you the blood saves you but the Bible says faith without works is dead. You've got to do something with what he gave you. Bless you, Sister Teresa. I want to say there's something called a law of liberty. And this law is higher. See, there is, the scripture tells us, here's what the scripture says. The Bible says uh, that if we should not commit adultery, but the law of liberty says, don't lust in your heart. Uh-huh. Matthew 5, 27. We're going to go there. The scripture says, Matthew 5, the commandment says, you've heard it said of old time, you shall not commit adultery. All right, that's in the, that's in the Old Testament, and that's a good New Testament scripture too. That, that, that's Old Testament. You, listen, listen. Thou shall not lie with other folks that ain't your husband or your wife, no matter how. I love them. Doesn't matter you love them. Are you married? Are you in a covenant? It's illegal. It is sin. It is sin. And the wages of, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the New Testament, so I can, I can just show love to everybody. You can love, but you can't, you can't lie with everybody. You're finding these pulpiteers, maybe men of God, maybe not. Who knows who that? But you can't do this as men and women of God. Bless you, Pastor Ralph. Bless you, Brother Justin. Justin, Bible says you've heard it said of old, you shall not commit adultery. So the law of Moses said, don't commit adultery. All right. That's a heavenly law. That's not just Old Testament. This word time of old, you've heard it said of old time. This is the ancient time. And those laws are still now. But I say, here's what Jesus said. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman and desires her in the heart has committed already in their heart. What? But apostle, I thought it was less. No, the law of grace and liberty is not less. It's more. Are you hearing me? The Bible says, the scripture tells us, 
the Bible says, if they, a tooth for a tooth and an eye for an eye, but the law of liberty says, if they hit you on the left, give them the right. That's the word, Matthew 5, 38. You've heard it said, this is the law. The law of Moses said, all right, here's what, here's what the Old Testament says. Let, let's read it. Oh, I can, it's more. You want to know why? Because you're a king. And a king and a queen cannot have unruly flesh. A righteous king blesses the kingdom. A wicked king, a perverse king, a corrupted king destroys the kingdom. When you get to the palace, anything you want, you can have. When you get to the palace, anything you desire becomes reality. So you've got to purify your hearts and your desires. That's not possible. It is possible with the word and the blood. He said, I'm not going to just forgive sin, and I believe in forgiveness of sin. I'm going to remit sin. That means eradication of sin. Matthew 5, 38, you have heard it said in the, uh, the law of Moses, an eye for an eye. Uh, I like that, a tooth for a tooth. Fine, but here is what, 39, but I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whatever will smite you on the left, the right side, give him the other one outside. Wait a minute. This Moses said, I, if you hit me, I could hit you back. Moses said, a tooth for a tooth, and I, you take my eye, I'm taking both of your eyes. That's what, Moses said, that's all right. But God said, no, 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 no. When they strike you on one side, give them the other side. What does that mean? And I don't believe it means to allow people to abuse you and to physically harm you, protect yourself. But I do believe when somebody offends you, there are two sides to you. There's a righteous side and an unrighteous side. Don't get it twisted. Some of us ain't been saved our whole life. And you can mess up and, and somebody and, and have the old us show up, the hood us, and then get in the flesh. But the Bible says when somebody wounds you, give them your other side. Don't give them the fleshly side. See, the first thing that happens when you're hurt and you're wounded, you go in the flesh. I go in the flesh. But in the spirit, give them the other side. Why? Because God is trying to teach you. See, they pierced him and he loved. They ripped his beard from his face and he loved. They smashed and crushed his face. They marred him beyond any other man. He loved. They, they put thorns on his head. They loved. He, they pierced him on the side and on the hands and on his feet. He loved. They crushed, they crushed him and they, they, they tore his flesh from his body and mocked him and spit on him and shamed him. He said, love him more. That's when that word's really down in you. When it's got a hold of your heart and it changes your nature. It's called the divine nature. I'm just about out of time. Bless you, Sister Lisa. God wants us to realize there is a new creature in you. And the law of liberty, in less, it's more. The Old Testament, it was tenth and offerings. The New Testament, you, you graduated. Now, before the Old Testament, not the law, you moved to the New Testament when they gave everything. I don't have time to talk about it. That all men sold all their possessions and laid it at the feet of the apostles. Found in Acts chapter 4. And they distribute evenly. Now, you know, this, this, I know this sounds crazy. Acts chapter 4, verse 34 says, Acts chapter 4, Scripture says, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as possessed lands and houses, they sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. So when this thing really gets right, I'm not saying it's here yet, there will be no lack in everyone who's a part of the kingdom, not just churches. There was no, imagine a people where there's no lack. 
Imagine the people that have their own properties, that own houses and land and markets. Imagine a 24-hour worship center that never closes. Imagine having our own mall. Well, they have that. Imagine having our own schools. They have that. Imagine having our own housing centers, hundreds and thousands of KB homes, beautiful homes, apartments we build. Imagine having our own wells, our own solar system, our own solar panels, and our own generator. Imagine having it. God said, I want to build something that there's never any lack in anyone in my kingdom. This is called the commonwealth of the kingdom, that there's no lack in anyone in the kingdom. Verse 35 says, the scripture tells us, and they laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according to their need. The common wealth of the kingdom. No one lacked anything. You say, well, I don't know about that. I said, no one, not, not one. See, when, when Israel came out, no one was poor and no one was feeble. Even the old people got well. This is a kingdom law. See, I know we're in church. I understand this. I understand this. I understand I got my stuff and you got your stuff and we give a tithe and every, you know, neighbor can be poor, neighbor can be wealthy. We've got to manage well. But in the kingdom of God, there is no lackness. There is nobody who's actually a kingdom citizen that's lacking. And just because you, because you go to church, don't make you a kingdom citizen. Just because you're a member of a, of a, of a church doesn't make you a citizen of the kingdom. We may have to teach on what that actually is. Because when you become a kingdom citizen, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And you say, well, I prayed a prayer. But have you been born from the beginning? Janeo Anathen, born Janeo again from the first, from the beginning, from the before of time. Then you understand the kingdom. First you see the kingdom, then you can enter the kingdom. Genesis, I'm, I'm in John 3 verse 3 says you got to see the kingdom. Number one, you got to see the kingdom. Go back to that verse where uh, uh, they had everything in common. Uh, J John 3 verse 3 says, you got to see the kingdom by birthing or giving, being born or giving birth to what was from the beginning, the first. I don't have time to go this way. I, I got to pray and go. But it says that you didn't start with your mama. You came through your mama, not from your mama. Jeremiah 1 5, he knew you before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 says you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. You were foreknown and predestined, Romans 8, 29. So when you are born, geneo, that word geneo means generate or generated. So you birth or you are born. You got to give birth to who you really are because who this is isn't really you. That's why you got to rethink and repent and retrain who your mama called you and who your daddy called you. You're not Jacob, you're Israel. You're not Simon, you're Peter. You need a new name written in his image, in his likeness, and he wants to call you who you really are. Who you grew up to be is not who you really are. You were in God before. Before you were here, you were there, and you're going back there, then you're coming back here. You were made in his image, in his likeness, for dominion. So I didn't come from mom, I came through mama. I was with God before. He chose me before. And so I don't deem, I redeem. I'm not, I'm not deemed, I'm redeemed. I'm not stored, I'm restored. I'm not viving, I'm reviving. I'm not consigning, I'm reconciling. I'm not penting, I'm repenting. I'm not newing, I'm renewing. I'm getting back where I already was before. I just forgot everything is re. So John 3 verse 3 says, unless I, I say to you, except a man is born, this word is geneo, either birth or to give birth. Be born or to give birth. It's translated. So I give birth to who I really am. 
geneo, generate. And the word again is not twice, two. It's the, it's the Greek word anathen, from the beginning, from the first, from the before of time. You've got to first see who you've always been so that you can learn. The word see is not I. Unless a man is born from the beginning, he cannot understand the kingdom. You know, the parable of the, the hard ground, the parable of the rocky ground, the parable of the weedy ground. It was understanding. God sowed the word and the devil didn't want us to understand a thing. So he plucked the word. That's a hard ground. And then the Bible says there's another ground that has rocks, a little bit of earth. And the, the word wants to go and take root, but it can't root because the heart is hard. And so there's no understanding of the kingdom. And then the Bible says it begins to tear, to take root. But now the, the cares of the world try to choke the word and let it not bear fruit. Fruit of what? Understanding. But there's good ground, the heart and the mind and the soul that's pliable. And it produces 30, 60, and 100. The word is a thought. The sower sows the word. What is a word? An idea, a concept, thoughts, ideas, perspectives. And when that word gets with my mind, that's carnal, it rejects it. But when my word gets with my spiritual mind, it receives it. When my soul is, is, is restored and I become a new creature and my heart is open now, I bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Whatever I need begins to multiply because my kingdom doesn't have lack. So I've got to understand the kingdom. Then John 3 verse 5 says, now you must birth the spirit and the water of what you saw. Now, yes, water is important. Yes, speaking in tongues is important, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Well, any talking about how to go to heaven, where did Jesus talk about going to heaven in John 3? John 3, 1 says there's a man named Nicodemus. Verse 1, Nicodemus is a teacher. He's got religion, but no relationship. He's got, he's got works, but he's got no power. He's got Bible, Torah, but no ability. So this man has religion. But no, he's saved according to the law. He's headed to heaven, but he don't got no authority. So the Bible says, John, there was a man named Nicodemus, a teacher, a ruler, a head of the church, a pastor, a bishop, an apostle, a man of God. He was saved according to the law because Jesus hadn't died yet. So the, the new covenant hadn't come. And he said, we know, verse 2 said, he said, the same came by night. He snuck to see Jesus. He couldn't come by day because Jesus wasn't accepted by the other rulers of the synagogues. So he creeped in the middle of the night and said, we know the word rabbi means teacher, teach me something. And this man was probably half his age, but here's the problem. We, we, our spirits discern rank, but our flesh doesn't. Your flesh doesn't walk, uh, you know, that's just old boy from down the street. That's just Jesus. We, we know his sister. We know his brothers. We know his mom and them. That, that's just, you know, we know him. That, you know, I grew up, you know, and you're not discerning the rank of the man or woman God gave to you to get you into the kingdom. And you disqualify yourself because your spirit discerns rank, but your flesh don't like it. And you can disqualify yourself from the truth of your inheritance because you see them a certain way when God sent them to your life. You got to find out who God sent and you got to find out who the devil sent. Jesus came by mana and, and the, this teacher said, Rabbi, teach me something. Show me what I need to, in essence, calling him Matt. I want to learn from you. A huge statement. He said, we know you're a teacher come from God. 
So there was a group of Pharisees and Sadducees and teachers that knew it was true, but they couldn't say it because they were free. We know you're a teacher come from God because no man can do what you do except God is with him. God with us. Uh, so what was on Nicodemus's power? Not going to heaven, power, miracles, signs, wonder, healing, the dead being raised, the sick being healed, oceans being quieted, demons being cast out. This it wasn't about going to heaven. This whole text is about how to walk in power. And if you're going to walk in power, you've got to learn how to be a king. Think like a king, talk like a king, be born in his name because his name is a king. And then you now let the kingdom that's in you come out of you. Now what's in you begins to flow out of you like a river. You've been looking for money and money's been inside you the whole time. You've been looking for healing and healing has been inside of you the whole time. You've been looking for, for deliverance for your babies and they're broken and lost. You're wondering where it, it's in the inside, down on the inside of you. It's right there. We are oblivious to what the river is in you, the kingdom's in you, and the, and the glory's in you. You want to know why? Because Christ is in you. Colossians 1 verse 27, the riches of the mystery is this thing as we go. It's what this is. Colossians 1 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the nations, the riches of glory, the abounding, overflowing, supernatural riches of the glory, the kebab, the weight, the, the glory of God. It's in a mystery. It's got to be revealed. Our eyes are hidden. Our ears, we can't hear. He said, y'all got ears, but you can't hear. Y'all got eyes, but you can't see. Y'all got hearts, but don't understand. But when you're born from the first, you can understand the kingdom. Then you must birth through water. Yes, I believe in water baptism, but I'm not talking. You, you will birth what you saw unless you're born of water. You birth water. You're born from the washing of the water by the word. Ephesians says you wash by the water of the word. Now you birth this person and you become a new creature. Then as you birth the word, the breath of the thing comes. Then you can now enter. The word enter means possess, lay hold of kingdom authority. And then demons have to obey. They have to flee. Christ in you. Here is the, the mystery. Here is the riches. Here is the release of God's power and God's mind. As we prepare to pray and, and go forward, as we prepare to release God's fa favor and fire in us, he said, Colossians 1, to whom God would make known the riches of them, uh, uh, whom God would make revealed. See, it's in you. you just got to be revealed. Where's the river? In you. Where's the kingdom? In you. Where's the glory in you? Where's Christ in you? Where's the miracle in you? Where's the money in you? Where's your house in you? Where's your spouse in you? Where's your kids in you? Everything's in you because Christ is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But God must make it known. He must reveal it to a seeker. God doesn't just throw treasures around. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. You got to search, and we're looking to pay bills. We're looking for healing. We're looking for family. We're looking for spouses. We're looking for help. We're looking for breakthrough, but we, are we looking for him? Are we searching the face of God to know him? And when you know him, you discern and receive the power of the resurrection. I want to make known what is the riches, the abounding, overflowing, glory which is my weight and my miracles everything's of the glory in a mystery that word is mysterion a rev revelation among all nations will see this thing my glory shall be seen 
in the earth, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I said Christ in you, the hope of glory. The miracle worker is in you. The money is in you. The healing is already in you. The house, the car, the, the family, the husband, the wife, the kids, it's, they're in you. Who's in you? God. God is everything. But you've got to seek and pursue. And I'm going to say one word for Hades is the word distraction. Blocked vision. The devil, you want to know how he wins? Oh, look at this. Look at this. When Peter began to seek is when he took his eyes off of Jesus. He began to sink. That's right. Sister Sarah, seek first. And you know what first means? Not just primarily, though it is. Not just priority. It means seek the kingdom which was before. Seek first. Go there. We're going to read this as we, our last verse. I'm going to pray with you. The glory and the fire is already on this line. And there are those that will be well for the purpose of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, let me read this to you. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 33. Here's what it said. Seek ye first. The word first is, is the Greek word proton. It is a conjunction word. First time, first place. First time. So the first is actually a time more than a location. The time before time. Seek the first kingdom. Seek who you were before you were here. You see, here is a law. Whatever was then will be now. What you sowed yesterday, you will reap today. So here is the problem. Everything we remember from our earthly time, most of it, a lot of it may be negative. So we're re reaping negative results even though we're Christians. Negative health, negative money. Can't keep a man, can't keep a woman. Can't, can't take care of our kids. These are generational curses that work in time. But when you step out of time and get in the spirit and bring that spirit time into earth time, now you seek the kingdom which was before. Seek first, seek before. See, everything starts from before. Is, I am he which is. Revelation said, I am he which is. I am he which was. I am he which is to come. Is today, was yesterday, to come tomorrow. God wants to get into is, move into what was, so he can release what is to come. That's the power. So I'm going to pray with you. Seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom ways, kingdom learning, the gospel of the kingdom, kingdom knowledge. Seek first the kingdom because you're a king looking for your kingdom. Every man is looking for their kingdom. Every woman is looking for their kingdom. That's not proud. That's not flesh. Well, you just need to be a little wretched, saved by grace over in the corner and just live off the scraps. That's not the Bible, sir. You just be glad you get in. No, that ain't the word. I'm a ruler with him. I'm a head. I'm, I'm not a tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. Doesn't mean I don't serve my brothers. Doesn't mean I don't have to wash feet of people. In the spirit, I'm a ruler. But in the earth, I'm a server. I'm a servant to my brethren, but I'm a ruler in the kingdom of God. That is my eternal role to rule and reign with him. But some people don't want to serve and don't want to commit. But you know you don't fit in where you are. 
You know you don't fit in. Seek first the kingdom of God because you are have a king in you. And if you get in your kingdom, you'll find your place. Seek the kingdom of God because you're a king. Well, I don't know. And seek his, whose righteousness? What? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Whose? His. Now, the word righteousness is purity. Yes. Holiness. Yes. That's good. I, I receive that. But it is function, position. He said, I'm inviting you to the throne to rule with me. That's just too much for us. I, I know. I know. I know I grew up in church. I know what they told us. I know this spirit is trying to cut your ear off so you don't know the truth of who you really are. Seek the kingly authority through serving one another. And everything you need will add to you. You don't got to look for things. Things will look for you. As we conclude today, our last verse, Revelation chapter 3, here is what the king says to the church. Verse 20, he said, Behold, I stand at your door. He's there trying to get here, and we're here trying to get there. But when both doors open, the glory comes, and the king of glory comes in. He stands and knocks. What is a knock? Y'all hear that? It's a sound that precedes an entrance. God is trying to come in. We won't let them in. That's why devils are running rampant. That's why sickness is running rampant. That's why perversion is going through, through the courts and school systems and riots and shooting and mass slings, mass murders and mass perversion, mass abortion. And it's, he's, he's, it's a sound that precedes entrance. He's knocking with his voice. He wants to come into this world. We've got to let him in. If any man hear my voice and open the door, the word door is portal, gateway between worlds dimension access I will come in to him and to them and I will commune I will be one with them remember we're his bride bone of bone flesh of flesh the two become one every time a husband and wife come together their spirits become one spiritual and once they become one now they can multiply multiplication doesn't come until we become one you cannot multiply till you're one with Jesus that's why none not more important than your intimate time with Jesus. Not paying your bills, not your job, not, not even your family, not even your kids. As beautiful that, as that is, you can't be the right husband you need to be without being one with God. You can't be the right wife you need to be without being alone with God. What do you know about being a wife? What do you know about being a husband? All you know is what your daddy did, and all you know is what your mama did. And you're, that's not good. I'm sorry. As good as the word God bless them, it's not good enough. Only Jesus can help you be the man you need to be. Only Jesus can help you be the woman you need to be. And so we get up because we got to pay bills and keep the lights on. And that's right. You need to take care of your, your, your business. Take care of your business. But the priority in, in your bills and your lights. And he said, all the Gentiles seek this thing. Every Gentile's after. I, 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 see, you under, I don't have time to talk about this. But everything in the kingdom is the king's responsibility. So when you become a kingdom, he is responsible for your economy, for your safety, for your meals. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything you need, I'll add it to you. Gentiles look for food and money and water. People who don't have a covenant with God, that's their number. I got to get up to live and eat because if I don't take care of myself, no one will take care of me. That's not the kingdom. You please the king and everything you need. Everything, it'll add to you. Don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you put on. Ugh, don't, don't you worry. Seek the kingdom of God and the kingdom that was before you and seek the righteousness of the king. Seek the position of rulership through service. Learn to rule through serving. Learn to, to reign through serving. You want to be great? You got to be the least. You want to you be king? You got to be the servant of all. 
I stand at the door, I'm knocking, I will come in and I will commune and be one with that man, that woman. And he with me and to him that overcomes 21, I will grant him to sit with me in my throne. That's an invitation, sir, to a seat of authority. He said, I'm gonna let you sit in my throne. I'm gonna let you sit in, he said, I'm gonna let you sit in. I said, wow, in that wonderful, wow, in that beautiful, wow, in that powerful. He said, I'm, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you sit in my throne. And here's what he said here. And a throne is a seat of authority, of resource, of power, of rulership. It's a seat of power. I'm gonna let you sit in my throne, even as I have overcome, and now I'm set down in the throne of my father. What, what? So I'm now sitting in Jesus' throne, which is the throne of the, of the universe. Mm-hmm. God said, I need you to overcome this thing. Don't, don't, don't run from it, sir. Don't, don't, you know, don't hide from this thing. You can overcome what's going on in your marriage. I said, God in your heart can heal this sickness in your wife, in your husband. God can deal this sickness in your heart. That's pushing the marriage away. You think God is mad at you, holding out on, that God is not holding out on you. The kingdom's in you. What's going on in there? He said, well, I did what I could now. Go back again, fast and pray and put yourself on the altar because now the heavens are open. So when you seek him, you're going to find him. When you fast and now, and you overcome this thing, the kingdom comes to the overcomer. This word overcome is the word nikeo, conquer, to overcome. Now, you don't overcome things. You rule you, your mind and your emotions and your will and your motives. Your motives. Your motives, sir. Your motive, ma'am. Uh, the king did what was right within, before the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Your motive. What's the motive? I'm out of time. What's the motive behind what you've done all these years? And God will, will count it as blessed if you'll change the motive. If I'll change the motive. Second Chronicles 25, 2. And the king did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. You want the kingdom? You got to do it with the right heart. The motive got to be right. Let me pray with you. Lord, I pray over this man, over this woman, under the sound of my voice. Pray now, I ask you to strengthen every hearer today, every man today, every woman today, that they would be encouraged to know you will never leave them and you will never forsake them. I ask you, according to the working of your power, to release grace over every hearer today. Pray in the spirit if you can. Wherever you are, open your mouth and begin to agree with me. Lord, I bless this man. This king, this ruler, this queen, this head and not tail, this man who's above and not beneath, this woman who, who's more than a conqueror, who's blessed going in and blessed going out. Oh, you'll bless the, her basket and her field, her coming and her going. Oh, your houses they didn't have to build. That's easy for you. Miracles, that's easy. The heart of man, that's hard. God, let us stand in this place and let us grow into the image and likeness of God. God, we give you all of our hurts, our pains, our disappointments, our wounds, and our fears. We lay them at the altar and say, Lord, thy kingdom come and thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And I declare according to your power that there are miracles taking place right now. Pray now. God, I connect with these men 
and I release good. I need you to pray now. Some of you are in this place and you know you can't stay in this same state. You've got to go across something. Something got to change. Something got to break. Hear me about the spirit. The king is in you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you got the Holy Ghost. You've got the kingdom of God on the inside of you, ready to come out and provide everything. But we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the changing of our thoughts, our beliefs, our ideas. I pray strength over every man. I pray courage over every woman. I decree that that devil and that demon holding their family has to let go of them for they belong to Jesus. God, resources and, and jobs and houses and land and property, they all belong to you. Addictions let go. Sickness let go. Bondages let go of this man. And I pray strength over their life. I ask it according to your word, and I decree that there will be life in the midst of every hearer. This we pray, and this we ask in Jesus' name. If you agree, somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.